Hi, and welcome to a Novel Ending Podcast. We're your hosts, Joanna and Kat. We chat about all things revisions, the fun stuff, the not-so-fun stuff, and the seriously, I've written like 10 novels now, why doesn't this get any easier stuff? Join us while we share our enthusiasm and tips to help you tackle your next draft before it tackles you. Hi, everyone. We are continuing our Revising for Clarity series, and today's episode, we'll be talking about descriptions. But first, we have our question of the day, which is, would you rather read a novel based on a true story of someone you know, or a fictional novel where a character is based on you? I have a quick answer. What is it? I do too. Do you? Yeah. Mine is the fictional novel where a character is based on you. No! No, you're the opposite? Yes. Don't you want the dirt on someone you know? Kind of, but... I mean, depending on who it is, I feel like I would be overly critical and just be like, no, you got everything wrong. <laughs> I feel like, I guess I'm coming at it like, I don't know the whole true story of someone I know. Oh. So I would get the whole true story. Oh, I, I see. Yeah. I don't know what um, kind of fictional character I would want based off of me. But right. I feel like I there's more fun. of a chance I could not be as pleased with that story as... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hilarious. All right. So revising for clarity and clear descriptions. So I feel like many, many, many years ago in my writing journey, I kind of went through a, do I be really specific or do I not be really specific? Maybe very early on, you know, I was describing things and I was like, but my readers might just want to just like think of this as what they want to think of it, right? They want the main character to like look one way so they can just imagine it themselves. Then I started reading some Maggie Stiefvater, who is so specific. And what I realized is that you do need to be specific. You cannot draw a character into a world and really bring them to the place you mean them to be if you are not filling in plenty of things for them. So that is anyway my theory. Kat, do you believe that you should be specific or let the reader paint the picture themselves? Both-ish, but erring on the side of being specific. I feel like when I first started writing, I was like way over descriptive, but in a very bad way where I would be like, I'm going to describe the heck out of that chair in the room. (laughs) And it's going to have like two paragraphs describing that kind of thing. And, And I think it's just because Writing was a new medium for me. So it's like, wee words, right. like use all the words you can. And then I heard the advice, trust the reader. Mm-hmm. And then I went way on the opposite side. Well, like, I'm not going to give them any description. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to trust them that they could fill it in, which you also don't <laughs> want to do. And we have an example of that later. So now I feel like I have leveled out to being good with description. But yeah, so you should be specific when it makes sense. But vague in general, when you just need to gloss over a scene of a scene, when you just need to gloss over a thing, I would say this would be more contemporary is when I kind of think you can gloss over more things. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Because here's the thing. If you don't provide details, your readers are naturally completely going to fill them in, which is great. Again, if you are. So I guess here's a good example of that. If your character comes home and you say, okay, and they walk through the living room and you don't describe the living room, every single reader is going to picture a different living room. If you do not care what the living room looks like, 
that is totally fine, then don't describe it. But if you have a very specific couch color in mind, like you need to describe that couch color. And another, like another example would be if you have a character who has a tattoo on their back, if you just say there's a tattoo on their back, like Joanna and I, like we would love tattoos, but we would picture very different tattoos. But if later down the road, you're like, oh, my character's hawk tattoo came to life because it's magical. I think all the readers would be like, wait, what? So that's a, well, if you, and if you don't describe those things, you're missing an opportunity. So if you don't describe what tattoo it is, you're missing a characterization opportunity. If you just say what the tattoo is, that will fill in a lot of characterization for the character who chose that tattoo, right? If they Mm -hmm. have a tattoo of a cross versus a tattoo of a dragon or a pig or you know what I mean face right there you can say a lot so choose it carefully Um, and same with the living room if you want to add characterization to the owner of that living room you know a beige couch versus a turquoise couch or a pattern couch will also say something so you know what is your intent behind description it should be not just to describe it should be to add something to the setting or the mood or the characterization, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Of Description isn't just about grounding your reader in the logistics of a scene. It also like can really add depth to your You're character. Sure. And right. I don't think a lot of authors think right. of it as that. It's interesting what you say, too, about, I think, something you said earlier made me think about how the change in writing standards, because I think when we were younger... And we were reading older books that had been around for a long time. There is a lot more description mm-hmm. in older books. And now that people have less attention span, I think that you're not going to spend a page describing the room. Where I think that was more of a standard in the past, mm-hmm. um, depending on what kind of book. But definitely adult novels, not just literary. And so, yes, I would say currently take all these things into consideration that we're talking about. But also do be specific in as few words as possible. Types of things that you don't need to describe as clearly. We talked about contemporary, so like things like universally acknowledged. Or things your character takes for granted. So when you walk into your own kitchen, you are looking for what you want in that kitchen. Or maybe if you're a mom, you're looking at the dirty dishes your kid left in the sink and you're noticing that. But you're not noticing the color of your coffee pot. Things um, that your character takes for granted are things that you don't need to be clear about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So something for me, and I think this mainly goes for like historical, that you don't maybe need to describe as detailed would be when I think of like costumes or things that existed a very long time ago that have very specific names that if you were to say the word to like someone nowadays they would have absolutely no idea what you're talking about so i'm thinking of a lot of like hats or dresses back in the day had like all different kinds of bodices and parts to them that i don't think i would necessarily know the name to so i think the trick there is not necessarily not describing them but describing them in a way that your modern present day reader would understand and not just throwing around the lingo of historical times because if you'd be like, oh, the woman was walking down the street and wearing a cartwheel hat. 
I don't think most people know what a cartwheel hat is. I Googled this and I can't even recall what the cartwheel <laughs> hat looks like. So like describing the hat, but describing it in a way of like wide brimmed or, you know, something right. like that. Well, and I think you can use a few of those phrases and it'd be interesting, but you have to A, be careful which ones you use because if you say cartwheel hat, a person might think an actual cartwheel on someone's head mm-hmm. or, you know, something that actually looks like a cartwheel, which yeah. is not, I don't think, what you mean. No. And B, if you are doing a lot, it's really irritating, right? So some historical readers are going to know more than your average reader and they'll be okay with some of that lingo. But there are always going to be people kind of on the line. And if you're constantly dropping things like that, I don't want to keep Googling and I don't want to never know what what you're talking about. So if there's a few things, it's cool to learn new phrases, but not all the time. Yeah, exactly. Another time I would say that you might not want to go into a ton of details is if you are writing, say, like a mystery and you want to leave some room for intrigue. For instance, say uh, the detective walks into the crime scene. This is a bad example because a detective would notice everything. So say someone else walks into a crime scene, like the neighbor, the next door neighbor walks in and is kind of like looking around and stuff and they are noticing like, oh, there's like a knife block, but a knife is missing. And so like, say like the knife could be potentially a murder weapon. Like if you want to kind of underplay the fact that a knife is missing, I wouldn't maybe at that point go into a ton of detail about the fact that it's missing. I, I feel like a, and I don't write mystery. So I could totally be say this and all you mystery writers out there could be like, wow, she is very wrong. <laughs> but I feel like at least good mysteries I've read, things like clues are in plain sight, but not focused on. So I guess that's what I mean mm-hmm. about not detailing things. But when you start to like piece the clues together, you can go back to that scene and be like, oh my gosh, it was like right, right there. there mm-hmm. But it wasn't like zero focused in on. I do think that your detective can walk into a room and not see it if you know like they might have just gotten a call that their wife is divorcing them and they just got a call from their doctor that they you know what you know what i mean like if you put that character even if it's a detective in the right state of mind Mm -hmm. to miss something i'll miss something yeah for sure when and where should we add description and how is the best way to do it So this I alluded to in the last episode about orienting your reader at the start of a chapter or section is very important. Um, So sometimes when you're writing and you're going from one chapter to the next, if you're one of those writers who likes to stop in the middle of your chapter instead of at the end, so you're just like writing through, I think oftentimes in drafting you can be using a lot of pronouns at the beginning of a chapter and you do not want to do that. You know, you're not like, setting it out like a screenplay i would imagine but you're using names the first time you're talking about the person and you're giving a hint to the place and how much time has passed as quickly as possible that is natural you know you're doing it as naturally and quickly as possible so that the reader doesn't have to stop and be confused about wait how much time has passed where are we like who are we talking about like just be clear and descriptive I think that if you don't mention any time passing at all, then the reader's going to assume it's pretty quickly after we left off. Nothing important's happened. No long amount of time has passed. So I think that's okay to not mention time in those situations. But if three months have passed, you need to be clear about that. 
I think you should include descriptions of location and time passage. I would argue in the first half page of every chapter, or if not, at least in the first full page of every chapter. And it doesn't have to be like a whole ordeal. It can just be like a weaving it in there. Always weaving it in. Yes, always weaving it in. Again, the sooner the better. You know, this is our Revising for Clarity series. And so, again, just think of clarity. Like, the sooner you can make it clear in the chapter, the better that chapter is going to be. And then you can just forget about it and just continue writing the scene. And I also want to state or remind everyone that we are also talking mostly about line level in this series. So when we say revise for clarity and be clear, we're not saying be obvious. You don't have to throw your secrets out there right away. We're just saying be clear so that the brain understands what you're saying and what you're trying to say and it doesn't get tripped up. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about how to add description and being clear, we're also not saying to write. I think this is I think you could probably infer this from our previous episodes, but we are not saying to write a whole paragraph to be clear about your description. Um, what you want to do, like Kat said, is weave things in and out. And this is especially helpful in dialogue or slower scenes where you can add some movement by adding description about how your character notices things in the setting. You can add emotions or thoughts they might be having and physical movement. All of this can show relationships between your character and the others around them and your character in the place. Like, are they comfortable in the place? Are they tense in the setting? So throughout your dialogue, instead of having talking heads on a page, which is just one person speaks, the next person speaks, maybe you're using dialogue tags, but nothing else is happening besides the conversation. That is talking heads, and you don't want that. So you can think about, you know, in your scene, if there's a certain list of things you'd like to describe, you can try to have your character interact with those things in the midst of the dialogue. So, you know, they say something and they sit down in their favorite chair. And then the other person says something and, you know, your point of view character has a thought about that person or why that person might think that. That's where you want to slide in the description throughout your scene instead of all up front or all at once. Yeah, and how much description you do at a time, especially within the dialogue block. And I, I feel like I say this all the time, but that's what controls the pacing of the scene. So if your two characters suddenly get in a heated argument, you probably don't want to like pause to describing, you know, describing mm -hmm. stuff. You just kind of want to do a couple back and forth dialogue lines. And then when you have like someone needs a breather, then you kind of throw in right. description. I think oftentimes I will put in... I know oftentimes I will put in description where I want to pause in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I don't say he paused. I just take the time of that pause and put in a description. So in my head, it's sort of like the amount of time it takes that reader to read the description that is presenting a pause in the conversation. But like Kat said, if they're in an argument, there's not going to be pauses. It's going to be firing back and forth. So there's just not as much time to put anything in between. Yeah, and something else to keep in mind, and this does kind of go along with last episode where we talked about order, is where you're putting this description within the actual sentence. You can start your sentence, like say you have some dialogue, you can start it with the description and then do the dialogue, or you can interrupt your dialogue with the description or do dialogue first and then end with description. 
And every single one of those has a different effect on how you read that dialogue. So I cannot think of a great example right now. Well, if you're putting the description in between the dialogue, you're creating a pause in that sentence. Yeah. So if you don't want it to seem like there's a pause in that sentence, do not break it up with description. And why would you pause for description in the middle of a sentence? I would say that if that character is like pausing to like collect their thoughts, maybe their eyes fall on something that they could describe, um, that kind of thing would be a natural like order of your character. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're coming full circle here a little bit because in our first Revising for Clarity episode, we talked a lot about what the character would notice, what the point of view would notice. And I think that's what want, what you want to guide your descriptions also is what would your character notice? So if your character is pausing in the middle of a sentence and sort of like looking at something, what is it that they would notice? Would they notice the other person's reaction to their words and how they're like twitching or getting angry or like whatever? Or would they notice the cup that was left out because they're kind of a clean freak? And I say that with love because I am. So things like that. Pay attention to what the character would notice. Yeah, I think some people just naturally notice people type things more. And some people are more attuned to like their setting. Because maybe like they get nervous around people or in conversations or depending on what the conversation is. So yeah, so just using that all, and these are all just tools to like use to your benefit to tell a stronger story and like craft a stronger scene is. And that speaks to characterization too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or description can also be auditory, like things that they're hearing or things that they're smelling. Like think of all those like sensory details that you can be describing in addition to just like what things look like. Like would a character though, like would they notice certain smells like I'm sure some people who are like really sensitive to that or you know depending on what your setting is like you would smell something first or depending on where something like if you are trying to have a heavy conversation in a coffee shop and like the big group of college kids walks in to do homework or something then you might start describing like sounds that keep like interrupting things Mm -hmm. so so just make sure that when you're describing things it's not just how things look Look. yeah so we're gonna end this little episode with a pet peeve of mine i think it's been well i said some kind of pet peeves in some of the earlier clarity episodes but so description pet peeve Mm -hmm. is when an author describes like in very specific details the lighting that's in a physical setting so like in a room or in a building or even just out in nature, and it doesn't match up with what your character is then described as seeing. So, example, if you are writing a scene and there are torches on the wall and suddenly all the torches go out and your character is like, oh, and then the room was like thrown into pitch darkness, you probably then should not in the next paragraph start describing scuff marks on the floor and like, oh, look at that wallpaper over there. You know, things like the that that your characters could not actually see because there's no light. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, order. That's also order. Let's yes. bring this to this, um, right? So <laughs> I guess you, you started that way, but for sure order because the character could describe those things maybe when the torches were still on. Yeah. But not after they went. But not after. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or if you have a character wandering through the woods at night, you can't 
go into like crazy depth detail about like, oh, the little particles of moss growing on the trees. I'm like, it is like dark and you're in the wood. You know, you can't just think about lighting when you describe stuff. Mm -hmm. You want the mood to match. And if Mm -hmm. the lighting is dark and it's hard to see, you're messing with your mood when you can see everything. Yes. And that also kind of goes back to a little of author intrusion. Mm -hmm. We're like, yes, you as the author know what everything looks like, but your character would not be able to see it. Yes. All ties together. There we go. (laughs) So next episode, we will still be on our Revising for Clarity series, and we will be discussing revising for word count. So if your word count is bloated, or if it is short and you need to add we will have tips on how to cut words how to maybe add some words things like that thanks for listening to another episode of a novel ending podcast if you're a fan of the show please help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review and by sharing this episode with your community and make sure to check out our website a to learn more about what other services we offer happy revising <laughs>